0: Hello, and welcome to the LaCrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Please enter the matrix now.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number 27 of the LaCrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. As always, I'm your host, Adam Levy, and thank you so much for joining me for this amazing episode of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. I can't believe it, but we are just over three weeks away from the first match of the 2022-2023 NLL season. Boy, it is going to be such a good year. I can just feel it in my bones. So I am so excited that that is coming up, but of course, I always try and Temper my excitement by focusing on our featured guest of the week. And I guess you could say this week we are going to be swarmed by some nuggets and some facts about our featured guest. That's a little hint for you. And our featured guest of the week. And he is a guy that is so versatile and has been around uh, this league for so long over a decade now and signing a, a new contract to keep himself with that team for so long. So Very excited to talk to him and to to his coach uh, about his successes throughout his career and what he still has left to give. So without further ado, let's head over to our number of the week, which is 1,500. So without further ado, let's go feast for some nuggets because there's going to be a lot of them and a lot of content for you to feast on this week. So let's head into the Matrix. award where you won the title mr georgia swarm and this would exclude their owner john arlotta that award would go to jordan mcintosh and trust me i do know that some of you are thinking that that award would go to shane jackson but there is nobody no player no coach It has been with the swarm longer than Jordan McIntosh. In fact, he holds the team record for the most games played with the organization at 164. McIntosh also holds the records for face-offs, loose balls, and cause turnovers, and to be quite honest, he's so far ahead, it's not even close uh, to who is in second place in those categories, and to boot, he is also in the top 10 in the organization when it comes to points. And even though he's played a decade in the National Lacrosse League, this summer he signed a three-year deal to stay with the Georgia Swarm organization. Of course, we also have to remember that he was with the team before the team even moved to Georgia, back when they were the Minnesota Swarm. But now he's got three more years in Georgia, and he is very excited to join. So let's hear from Jordan as to why he decided to sign another three-year deal.
2: For me, the... The, the reason for signing and obviously signing with the swarm is um, I have really close connection to the organization, to, to our ownership, and to our coaches. Um, uh, when I was drafted, uh, you know, the team at the time was based in Minnesota, um, going through some, some transition, not only on the ownership side, but on the team side and uh, i've been there throughout kind of the ups and downs of the of the team from those first couple of seasons having some rough years to um, starting to turn it around to moving to georgia to winning a championship um, so uh, the, the organization means a lot to me i want to see it succeed and i think a big part of the the reason uh, i'm still sticking around and playing is because of it and uh, i just want to make sure when i'm when i'm done i'm i'm leaving it better than i found it and uh I want to see it to continue to, to do well for the, the years to come after I'm done playing.
1: Because being part of the Georgia Swarm is so important to Jordan McIntosh and his family, he expanded upon why he would have signed the three-year deal even at this point of his career.
2: I think uh, I, I really trust uh, John Arlotta, and, and I and I believe um, believed a lot in his vision. And I think I, I got to see that... Uh, pretty much almost immediately. I think, uh, you know, my first year with the swarm, I was drafted uh, in, in the first round with Evan Kirk as our goalie. Um, The year prior was Andrew Suter. The year after me was Kyle Matisse, Shane Jackson, Brock Sorensen. These are all guys that I grew up playing with and playing against. They knew the caliber of players. They were Alex Krepensek. And uh, you know, when I started to see some of those draft classes come through uh, we we had to go through you know kind of the trials and tribulations early of, of learning how to play and learning how to win in the NLL, But you definitely felt like uh, over time he was building something really special from a from a talent perspective, and you wanted to be a part of it.
1: Jordan has had the privilege to have been coached the majority of his national lacrosse league career by Ed Como, who has been with the Swarm since he was hired in the summer of 2015 and coach Como has so many positive things to say about Jordan whether it's what he does on the floor but equally what he does off the floor in helping to motivate his players and to help them be as successful as they have been as a team for almost the decade that they have been together coach and player
3: yeah Jordan's been he's been great he's been great as a player um but even better as a, as a leader and, and a person, he's been really. Uh, and, and it's great to watch. One of the great things about coaching, I and mean, a lot of the coaches will tell you to watch guys kind of grow as young men coming in the league. Now, again, I didn't coach Jordan at the beginning of his career, but just to see him, you know, kind of grow and mature as, as a person and, and a player, it's it's really great to see. And and I tell a lot of people that you know Jordan's been. You know, I've worked with a lot of great leaders and. In the uh, in, in lacrosse over the years, as, as players and captains, and you know Jim Feldman and many others, and, and Jordan's you know one, one of the best leaders that I, I've worked with. Like he really understands, uh, you know, he understands the team, he understands the pulse of the team, and and is you know, always looking out for the best of the team. So when you have a when you have a leader like that that's that's leading your team from within. Uh, it's certainly, as a coach, it makes your job that much easier when, when you have a guy working working with you so collaboratively. And and uh, as a player, I think Mac is you know, just he may not do the things he did when he came in the league. Like I, I joked with him when I first took over the Swarm, I said, "Well, Mac, first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna cut your minutes." He was like, "What?" <laughs> And, and, I, and i was like well you, you can't play 45 minutes a game to be effective and that's what he was doing when he first kind of came in the league so you know, we talked about you know trying to minimize his minutes so he could be more effective you know throughout the game and um and so yeah we you know watching him watching him his role he's done whatever he's asked of him whether it's been a face off whether it's been man short you know last year we had him playing you know a, a bunch of o and some power play and and all those things that we've we've asked him to do, he's always done it. He's done it very well, and I think his his, his influence on the young guys and you know, the, the, the success we've had as an organization has a lot to do with his leadership and and and, and how he's played too. And I think he inspires a lot of young guys, and, and you know, not just by the way he plays, but the way he leads and. It's, it's 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 invaluable to have those type of leaders on your team and, you know Mac's been max's been awesome for us and, and looking forward to him this year helping you know steady uh steady uh, and improving defense so i'm really really looking forward to seeing what what he does for us this year
1: now starting with our number of the week macintosh is only 20 loose balls away from fifteen hundred loose balls in his national Lacrosse league career. Now, also, Jordan has 1,650 faceoffs in his NLL career. And with those 20 loose balls picked up, he would only be the fourth player in National Lacrosse League history to ever have 1,500 loose balls and 1,500 faceoff wins. In their careers, the others being Jeff Snyder, Jay Thornber, and Jeremy Thompson. So, quite a group to be a part of. Once he gets those twenty loose balls, and I expect he will get them quite quickly into this NLL season. Here's what McIntosh had to say when I told him about reaching that fifteen hundred plateau in both of those categories.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, those are those are uh, guys I battled against for a long time, and, and very very accomplished players it's uh it's, it's definitely cool i think um again I, I think i when i look back now after 10 years in the league i I'm, i just feel very fortunate of of uh where i was drafted when i was drafted and and just the freedom that they've given me to kind of to do my thing i think one thing i always was a little I had trouble with growing up uh, maybe is just i I did a lot of things well, but nothing great. And so it was always that situation of like, where, where do we, where do we put them? What door, what do we do with them? And uh, early on and with Eddie, I've been able to kind of, you know, improve in different aspects of the game that I needed to, but, but still be able to set that that person that could kind of be all over the place, which is the way I love to play is, is, um you know not be too pigeonholed into you're a defenseman or you're an offensive player or you're the guy taking face offs, but do a little bit of everything so uh it's, it's cool i i hope to continue picking up loose balls and, and uh winning face offs and see where i can get to but uh i don't know if i'll ever catch brody but uh i, I probably will <laughs> have another three thousand to go or what <laughs>
1: Uh, in terms of loose balls, you are—I um, think it's about one thousand two hundred behind in loose balls. Yeah.
2: So, so I only have to play ten more seasons. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to call Tom Brady and get his uh, get his diet if that's the case.
1: And of course, you know, I had to get Coach Como's thoughts on that incredible milestone as well.
3: To hear that, I mean, again, I, I'm I'm very you know. Happy shirt for, for Mac. I mean, those are great accomplishments, and he's going to continue to add to them. And I, I think it, it really demonstrates his his willingness to work hard. Faceoffs are hard work. Uh, getting these balls are hard work. Uh, uh, that that's a a good example of his character. That he's you know top ten in two things that are really hard and take a lot of hard work and a lot of practice, and he, he's you know, he's honed his craft to be very good at those. So I, I think it's, you know, it's a great tribute to what Max done as uh, as a player in a, in a role that he's, uh, he's really, yeah, he's come up against a lot of tough, tough players and, and still wins his fair share. So I think it's, I mean, it's great for him. And, and I know he'll continue to add to those you know, numbers throughout, you know, the rest of his career. He's, he's definitely, uh, you know, there, there's guys in the league that, you know, you would call, you know, quote unquote, face off guys. And, uh, you know, Mac's certainly not one of those guys. Mac has been taking face off and plays a, a regular shift, whether it's at the front door, the back door, transitioning special teams. So he's, he's certainly in a, in a category of his own um, among a lot of those other guys in, in terms of his versatility and his skill set. So so I think, you know, it's great for him to be in there. But I think Mac is, you know, Mac in his own, I, I think, really as his own category for, you know, the type of player that he is and, and how he can contribute in all, you know, facets of the game. You know, people call guys, you know, five-tool players in other sports. And, you know, look at Mac. We can play him on offense. We can play him on defense. He can, you know, take face-offs. He can come up with loose balls for you. Like, he, he can do so much. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're lucky to have him and, and look forward to him continuing his you know, career and, you know, with a swarm
1: jersey. and Now, just for a second, let's break down what we're talking about in terms of what Jordan McIntosh has been able to accomplish in the National Lacrosse League in regards to loose balls and face-offs. And let's start with the face-offs, because he is in the top 10 in the National Lacrosse League in face-offs one. And in three of his 10 seasons, he had over 200 face-off wins And there are only 10 players, including Jordan, who have ever had three or more seasons with 200 plus faceoff wins. With this stat, though, it speaks more to his consistency during his career in the National Lacrosse League. Jordan is one of five players to reach 150 face-off wins in seven or more seasons. So when you think about the fact that he's been in a league for 10 years and seven of those seasons, he has 150 plus face-off wins. That's quite an accomplishment. And let me just also throw in there, he is one faceoff win away from passing Stephen Hoare for the sixth most faceoff wins all time in the NLL. Here are Jordan's thoughts on what it's been like for him being at the faceoff X for as much time as he has.
2: Yeah, I don't think that uh, there's been a position in the NLL that's changed more than that position. Um, I I always took off. It's kind of one of those things like when you're a young, young kid and there's you know, the first couple of seasons that you're playing, it's like, okay, who wants to be the goalie? Who wants to take the face off? Um, and, and somehow I found my way into, into taking them. And I always loved it because it was a way for you to kind of get engaged in the game really early, right? Your first play of the game is a, a one-on-one battle against another person, fight for the ball. You got There's probably going to be a loose ball. And it's just like a, a great way to start the game because you're – you have to be, you know, on and engaged right out of the gates, which I always really liked. Um, in NLL, uh, it definitely has a position that's changed so much because of specialization. You have um, so many guys now that uh, grew up, uh, you know, playing either midfield or attack or defense and then really taking a, uh, an emphasis or a focus on faceoffs in their college careers, and uh, that's carried over into the NLL. I mean, if you look at the... If you look at the the murderers row, that is the Eastern Conference faceoff guys. Yeah, uh, you can just tell <laughs> how much that's changed from uh, you know my first four or five years in the league, where faceoffs were, were treated a little bit differently. They were, you know, if, if someone on the team could take them, great. If they were losing them, we'd go to someone else. Not really the case anymore. But uh, yeah, I've been uh, been lucky with some some good ball teams, and uh, again, I, I just love that that. Uh, Mentality going into the face-off circle of of giving your upper, giving your team thirty seconds of the ball and and you know that challenge of kind of that
0: one versus one battle.
1: And I know that Jordan joked that it would be nearly impossible in his mind to ever catch up with Brody Merrill, and and he might be right there because Brody, what he's done with loose balls is just just absolutely mind-boggling. It's it's really unbelievable to think that someone has picked up 2,662 loose balls in their national lacrosse league career, which is more than a hundred more than the next on the list, which would be Jim Veltman. But these are what, these are the thoughts of Jordan McIntosh on, on, you know, what makes him so good at picking up the loose balls.
2: Yeah. I, I my, you know, my favorite players always kind of growing up were, were uh early on was, you know, Jim Veltman and, and, and Brody um, and, I, it, watching them go in, it, it was one of those things where no matter the game you were watching, they, they'd go into the scrum and it was like a, everyone on the floor, everyone in the arena knew who was coming out of it. And um, I loved watching some of those old games because there were so many different uh, things you could learn from just the way that they approached, uh, you know, a contested ball or approached a, a loose ball that might be on the board versus the open floor. And, uh, definitely learned a, a lot from watching those guys. I think obviously early on faceoffs helped, um, because, uh, you know, I was, I was on the floor a lot for when the, the ball was on the ground. But yeah, I think, uh, it comes down to just being very competitive and, uh, wanting to, to give the team an opportunity. I also think loose balls from a, from a leadership perspective are one of those kind of, Metrics or, or or things that can spark your team, and uh, in, in my job, that's that's an important
1: piece. Having listened to Jordan for for much of this podcast already, you you're already probably getting a sense of the kind of guy he is, especially after hearing what his own coach has said about him, and a lot of the praise that Jordan gives for a lot of the success he's had in his career goes to his teammates.
2: Uh, yeah. Again, I, I you know I think one one thing about the move to Georgia is. Uh, uh, and being you know so, so long ago is I think people uh, sometimes forget some of the players that we had on the on the uh, Minnesota Swarm teams when I, when I was there you know we had Callum Crawford and Ryan Benesh and Shane Jackson and Kyle Matisse and all these really fantastic you know generational players and then over time we added Miles Thompson, Lyle Thompson, Jesse King, Randy Stats, uh, you know Zed Williams. Uh, premier, premier offensive talent. And, uh, you know, I'd love to say that I, I just, you know, have, uh, fantastic stick skills and can score from anywhere. But really it was a product of playing with some of the best offensive players in our game and, and just, you know, learning from, from those guys and, and trying not to get in their way. And if I did get an opportunity, uh,
0: make the most of it.
1: After hearing what Jordan had to say about the guys that he's played with, I had to ask one of the guys that played with him what it was like to be on the floor with Jordan McIntosh. And so I spoke to Kyle Matisse. Obviously, he is now with the Philadelphia Wings, but he played with Jordan on the Swarm from 2013 to 2018. So here's what he had to say about playing with Mac.
4: Jordan's kind of always been my leader, really. Um, Kind of gets me a little emotional in saying that, um, you know Jordan and I have a long history I think we probably started playing with each other uh, back in the old edge days where we we're you know 13 14 and we're just kids having fun on the, on the lacrosse field so uh, to watch him grow into the man uh, he is today the family man too um, you know he, he just had a baby girl as well so uh, pretty exciting to see that in his family and um, you know I think he's He's the he's the ultimate leader, right? He, he gets picked uh, on on Team Canada teams one because his versatility and his ability to be a player, but I think uh, you know it's it's those intrinsic characteristics and um, you know the ones that are that are kind of invaluable when you're when you're molding a team and, and bringing a team together. So happy to be uh, to learn from him and, and under him as a as a teammate, a friend, and and a player. And um, he is, he is the ultimate, uh, he is the ultimate leader and, and a lot of his kind of one-on-one abilities to connect individually with people is, is something that, you know, I've tried to just feel shamelessly um, with connecting with my teammates as, as a leader myself. So um, he, he's one of the best for that reason.
1: To round things out in this episode, and before we get to our Analyst of the Week, I did just want to touch on another very impressive statistic, because we have not touched on Jordan McIntosh's point total he is 2 points away from reaching 400 points. Now as a transition guy, he has played a little bit out of the front gate, but he has mostly been a transition player for his career. He is 2 points away from 400, which is very very impressive. And when you comp- and when you compile that with his faceoff wins in his career, think about this. Nobody in the National Lacrosse League, has ever had 400 plus points and 1,000 plus faceoff wins. And to go one step further, no one has 400 plus points or, and even 750 faceoff wins. Actually, there is one guy, Corey Bomberry, had over 750 faceoff wins. But the gap from what Jordan McIntosh has done at the faceoff X endpoints, not even talking about loose balls, it's just remarkable what he's been able to do all over the floor it is now that time to bring in our analyst of the week and this week we have a guy whose voice is so recognizable especially if you love listening to the georgia swarm broadcasts he is a guy who has been covering the georgia swarm as a play-by-play analyst this is going on to be his fourth season so please welcome chris Mooneyham. ham uh, let's hear his thoughts about jordan mcintosh
0: oh boy how much time do we have? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always great to uh, to be on with you. And uh, I, I think I can speak for everyone when, when I say, and I try not to do that too often, but I think I can speak for everyone when I say we appreciate everything you do for the league. You know that I've uh, uh, taken some of your stats with your permission and used them during our broadcast, so I really do appreciate it. Um, look, uh, Mac is, I'll give you a great example. Last year, as uh, for those that uh, maybe do not recall how the Swarm's season ended last year with that incredible ball game uh, one of the best games of the year inside of the league against philadelphia in the finale knowing that the swarm needed a win in that ball game um at the end of the ball game after it was over and i go down in the tunnel to talk to the guys as much as i can and, and you know that's always a slippery slope after a disappointing loss in the end of the season i was not able to speak to jordan directly but i did speak to a few guys and a couple of the guys did bring up mac and, and I asked the guys, I said, how do you, and it was a couple of the younger players, and I said, how do you focus in a moment like that? Uh, what's your emotion like? Uh, what are your emotions like? Um, do you recall uh, certain situations uh, you, you play back into your own history? And, of course, that ended up being part of the answer uh, that I received from two guys in particular. But, but two of those guys, they mentioned that they, they, you know, they ask a bit from some of the veterans. And, and, and two guys mentioned Mac. Uh, one guy in particular said, well, I looked, I, I did this and that. And I thought about a moment that I had in, in in prep ball. And then I also looked over at Mac. And when I see that he is uh, 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 steely reserved and cool, I know that whether or not we end up coming back. And this was uh, this moment he was referencing was right before the turnover uh, that was caused at, uh, at mid-floor before we scored the equalizer. He said, no matter what happened in that final two minutes, I knew that we were going to give it everything that we had and we were going to be calm in the moment. I think that in many ways is is a great, great compliment or maybe the best compliment that someone can pay uh, to a captain like Jordan McIntosh. Obviously, his experience uh, plays into that so much. I mean, he's he's what he's top 10 all the time in loose balls and, and face-off wins in, in league history. And these guys know that. And I think that when they come onto the roster, One of the big uh, pluses is that they're looking forward to picking the brain of a guy like Jordan McIntosh.
1: With everything that Chris was just talking about, about McIntosh's character and the way that his teammates really respect him, Mooneyham expanded on the fact of what it meant for Jordan to be on the floor and and with his teammates throughout the entire season last year and and how he was able to use that to to be an effective leader.
0: Being there and being ready to go to the post... Being on the floor with guys like Riggs and 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 Tarbell, and being available for for Jeff uh, Henrik and 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 for McSpaden and Camisio yeah, he had the fifty plus points, and he had uh, I think he ended up with hundred and twenty loose balls or, or thereabouts, somewhere between one fifteen and one twenty five. But as much as anything else, for him to play in all eighteen games, be able to to, to go to the post, be able to for for guys to know okay, whatever happens today, I know that Mac is out there in the middle of the floor and he'll be helping us run things. I think that was just as important, the fact that he was able to play in All-18.
1: Thank you so much, Chris, for all that analysis and all your great thoughts, not only on Jordan McIntosh but on the future of the Swarm. It's going to be a very exciting season for this team, and uh, you, uh, you have a front-row seat for all of it, so that's going to be very exciting, and I know that we're all excited to see what the Swarm are going to be able to do this upcoming season. Transitioning now into the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast Poll of the Week, I asked you if Jordan McIntosh uh, is the best transition player ever, obviously in the context of thinking that he is only one of four guys to ever reach 1,500 face-off wins and 1,500 loose balls, of course not to mention the, the almost 400 points, so the results are as follows. the the majority of you guys said he is a top five transition player all time in the National Lacrosse League. Next is top 10 at 23%. Then next we have out of the top 10 at 18%. And then 16% of you said that he was the best transition player ever. So there's a pretty wide result, wide array of results there. So it's uh, the the debate is still ongoing. And of course, we have so many amazing transition guys who are so multifaceted in this league, who are just coming up. And uh, you know, as of right now, Jordan is definitely one of those very talented transition players. Whoa! What an episode that was. So much information. So many amazing nuggets that we found, both statistically, but also so much great information that we got from from Coach Como, from Jordan McIntosh, and of course, from Chris Mooneyham. And thank you so much for all three of you for joining me this week and, and all your contributions. I know that we are so happy to, to have listened to your thoughts and everything that you have to say. And finally, I wanted to give a huge thank you to the NLL's Director of Statistics, Rob Benson, who I worked with Last season, in accordance with this podcast and also a lot of my my writing, I got his help a lot. So thank you so much, Rob, for, for not only helping me out with the podcast and, and with enhancing my writing, but also uh, for everything that you do for the National Lacrosse League and helping to spread statistics and, and the information about everything that all these players in the National Lacrosse League have achieved through all the numbers that you're compiling. So thank you so much for your help. And with that, I have to say that it is time to head out of the Matrix, and I will talk to you, actually not next week, because I am going to be uh, on a bit of a break. Uh, my mother has an art opening in Miami, so my my wife Nikki and I will be down in Miami next week, so there will not be a Lacrosse Matrix podcast next week but after that we will be back so stay tuned for the lacrosse matrix podcast poll and any information regarding the lacrosse matrix podcast on my twitter and in the meantime when there are no episodes if you want to go back and listen to previous episodes of the lacrosse matrix podcast you can always go to anchor spotify or apple podcasts and find the previous episodes there Thank you so much, as always, again, for listening to another great episode of the La Matrix podcast. As always, I've been your host, Adam Levy. Have a great two weekends, everybody.